We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Aikman is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve oh! Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, close to the end zone. Olsen, touchdown! Brian Burns to the house! This one is picked again. Intercepted by Boston. Bridgewater, throw into the end zone, touchdown! Samuel still on his feet, inside the five, to the end zone, touchdown! What a play! And it is caught for the touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He pounded. Welcome back to another episode of The Roar, brought to you by Blue Wire. I am delighted to be joined by my good friend from across the pond, Mark Bullock. Mark writes for The Athletic. And he does a phenomenal job breaking down the Washington football team from a film perspective. Mark, how are you? Uh, I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. And this was going to be a um, a game with a lot of different angles. Obviously, uh, the Panthers yeah. are going to be facing their former head coach Ron Rivera, and there are plenty of other coaches and players in that franchise um, who have ties with the Panthers too. But for me, I think the first thing that stands out about Washington is 
um, how they've been able to, in some ways, evolve their team over the season. And by that, I mean, it's been kind of a, um, I wouldn't say it's been tumultuous, but it's been kind of, you know, each week has been a different scenario with the quarterback position and the offense. Yep. Started off the season with Haskins, and then he got benched for Kyle Allen, and um, Allen did okay, and then he got injured, and Alex Smith came, and then uh, they had that winning streak with Smith, and you know, watching that game against the 49ers that first half, he was not good at all, and it had to be some type of injury, and evidently it was, and then Haskins plays last week. What's been your impression of just how the offense has been this season? It's not an a very explosive unit, but um, speak about what type of changes it's gone through with the quarterback position specifically. Yeah, it's been an interesting one for sure. Um, because as you say, they've, they've gone through three quarterbacks and now they're back at the, where they started. Um, and each guy brings a little bit, something different. And obviously they went into the year hoping that Haskins could be the guy. Um, but, going into uh, his second year and, and Haskins has had kind of one of the worst situations that a young quarterback could have given that he was drafted by a, a, a team that the coaching staff didn't want him in, in his rookie year and, and didn't want to play him. And, and then that coaching staff gets fired and um, Rivera comes in and he's not really tied to him, but because they've invested in him, they, they, he gives him a shot. But obviously then COVID hits and, he hardly gets a chance to learn the offense and practice with, with the coaches and what have you. So he's had a, a, a tough go of it, but um, on the field, he, he struggled to do more than just the basics. Um, and uh, a, a lot of the offense, when, when you can't uh, attack further down the field when when the, the offensive line had issues as well up front um, and, and the protection wasn't particularly good. It was all underneath. It was all quick game um, and it was all underneath, not even intermediate routes. It was literally just quick game, slants, flats, uh, the occasional corner flats, um, stick concepts, all those little short quick game stuff. Um, and that can work to an extent, but when you're a young offense like Washington is, um, inevitably there's going to be something that stops that kind of dink and dunk offense moving down the field. It'll be a penalty that will get them out of down distance and, um, or it'll be um, a negative play of some sort, a, a blown up screen or a run that goes nowhere, what have you. Um, so they, they struggled early on in the season. Kyle Allen brought a little bit of something different because he – um, offers some mobility um, and was able to uh, buy himself some more time um, by scrambling around and avoiding some sacks. And um, I think just this understanding of the offense a little bit more, knowing how to change the protections to get himself protected or understanding where blitzes might be coming from and throwing over them. Um, that was something that helped him, but obviously he then got hurt and Alex Smith came in and, we saw a much more efficient offense in that Smith was still dinking and dunking, but they were there was less errors. There was no false starts or um, illegal formations or motions or anything like that that would kill drives. Um, and that's when we saw the likes of Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin um, and to a lesser extent, Logan Thomas, um, be able to take 
short catches and underneath stuff and turn that into explosive plays after the catch. And that's when the offense started to at least look solid and, and functional. And with the play of the defense, that was enough to win them games on that winning streak that they went on. Um, so that's kind of where the offense has been so far this season. Um, now with Haskins back in, they, they've gone back to a little bit more of the basics and, and um, Haskins showed a little bit more mobility um, and a little bit more understanding of, this, of the system and, and, um, and how to run it. But there were still times where uh, I feel like he's still not 100% with the playbook as, as most quarterbacks would be in their first year in a system. Um, you see times where receivers aren't lining up in the right spot and they're having to move around um, and you see sometimes receivers in two receivers in the same spot running the same routes and um, little mistakes like that, that really hurt uh, an offense that lacks explosive plays and, and isn't, it needs to stay on, on course to be able to be anywhere near successful. So um, it's been a struggle with, with with Haskins so far. Sure. No, I get it. And, for me, I, I think the biggest thing about this offense coming into the year were, um, I mean, certainly you have Terry McLaurin and, and Antonio Gibson's a rookie. Not many people knew. I was a big fan of him coming out of the draft. Uh, but again, he was a guy at Memphis who didn't really receive a lion's share of carries. Um, so it, it was a little bit of an unknown. Uh, but but I think the, the biggest thing for me going into the year was that this skill um, talent, whether it's a running back, tight end, or receiver, it probably was one of the worst on paper, at least heading into the season. I mean, like I said, outside of Terry McLaurin, um, but I've been impressed with a, a few of these guys and, and Logan Thomas being the one that I just, I didn't see this coming from him. Um, I mean, he's been very productive and I know some of that can be uh, attributed to the scheme and just checkdowns. I know Haskins, he found him a few times uh, last week uh, on checkdowns. I mean, I think Thomas had something like 10 catches for like 90 yards, but uh, but yeah. but there's been some other games against Dallas too that um, you know, Thomas has kind of played re- really well at least to my untrained eye. Um, what can you say about just the skill talent as a whole and looking at these guys who have stepped up? Yeah, they um you're, you're definitely right. On paper going into the year, um, outside of Terry McLaurin, basically the entire offense, not just the skill but players, the, the offensive line as well didn't. Uh, lacks talent, but um, for specifically the skill players, um, that there, there's guys like Terry McLaurin. Obviously, is a as you and I probably know, he's a number one receiver in this league, and, and he's going to be good for a long time. But outside of him, they they have a guy, a bunch of guys that they like, but it's it's young guys that need developing, and some of them have stepped up, some of them haven't. But um, what we've seen from Antonio Gibson has been probably the most promising player after McLaurin. Um, and, and he's still very raw. Um, as you mentioned, he, he didn't really take many carries in college. He was more of a receiver. Um, and he's transitioning to running back and, and you can still see he's learning the running back position as he plays. Um, and there's quite, there's been quite a few times where he has missed quite obvious lanes to cut, either cut into or, or bounce outside or whatever. Um, and, and um, that's just from a lack of experience as a running back. Um, but he's progressing and, and he's shown the ability to hit explosive plays and, and break tackles and he's very hard to bring down. So he's been the most promising second player after McLaurin. Um, and then they've had 
a number of injuries at receiver and, and Cam Sims, who uh, was an undrafted free agent out of Alabama uh, a few years ago. And he's pulled off a couple of, he pulled off a couple of highlight reel catches in preseason a, a few years back and, and hung around. Um, and he was actually cut from the final roster this year, but made on the practice squad and eventually got caught up because of the injuries to receiver. Um, and he's now established himself as the starting Z. Um, and he's, he's been pretty solid, although he doesn't necessarily separate from man coverage, but he's, um, he's a big body. He's a, a, a got a, a wide catch radius. Um, he's more of a vertical separator. He can go up and get the ball rather than a, a guy that separates with routes. Um, and he's very physical after the catch. So he, he's someone that, um, he might only get three or four catches a game, but he's someone that he could take a 10 yard slant and run across the field, bulldoze a safety safety and pick up 30 yards on that. So, um, he's someone else worth looking out for, but, um, they do still lack overall talent, um, across the board. Uh, you mentioned Logan Thomas. He, he has, I'm hundred percent with you. He was someone that I did not expect anything from, but the, the coaching staff loved him um, and they said that he could be the guy. And I, I don't think he's a number one tight end. I, I don't think he'll ever become uh, a truly elite tight end, but he's someone that he can find holes in zone. He can be a reliable target. And um, if you scheme him open, he's someone that will make the catch and be physical after the catch. Um, so he's become a, a, a factor in this offense. And I think, if you were to get one or two more weapons, then he's someone that's a really nice third or fourth option rather than a, a, a reliable second option. But he's um, he's coming along pretty nicely, and, and he'll probably be one of the bigger threats to the Panthers' defense this week. Would you say that wide receiver is a priority for them in the offseason, either high in the draft or in free agency? I would think so. Yeah. Um, they, they did go big after Amari Cooper in free agency last year, um, to try to get someone opposite McLaurin and, uh, and give whoever was playing quarterback some weapons on the outside. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily quite the priority now that it was at the start of the year because Cam Sims has emerged nicely. Um, they've still got Steven Sims, who was another undrafted free agent last year. Um, who, looks decent in the slot although he's had some issues this year with catching the ball um and they, they found another undrafted bridge is a right who looks decent in the slot so they've got some young guys that they like at that position um and it'd be nice to see one or two of them step up and and, and cam sims has stepped up but i don't think he's someone that would stop them from if uh, an amari cooper was available again in free agency from going out and trying to land that kind of guy but it's not quite as urgent as it as it was but it's still certainly one of their probably top three needs is, a, is another top receiver yeah i mean the coaching staff uh, especially the for the skill positions uh, they deserve a lot of credit and, and um, another position group that i didn't have much expectations for for this team was the offensive line and they've played um, pretty well considering who they have playing i mean we all know that um, Scherf is, you know, the blue chip player on that offensive line, um, you know, top 10 pick a few years ago, and he's certainly playing like a, a really good guard. And Morgan Moses has uh, been a pretty steady, reliable force at times. Um, but the other parts, Cornelius Lucas, he, he was a guy that I remember I was watching him at Kansas State, like in 2014 or something. He was just 
a massive player, like six foot nine. I wasn't sure if he would ever have the knee bend and the flexibility to yeah. succeed in the NFL. Um, but you know, given what his draft status was, what he's been able to do, I, I think that's a credit to the coaching staff um, for Washington to be able to create this, um, in some ways, coherent offensive line. Yeah, they they've really settled on um, the interior unit in particular. That they they finally found uh, an interior three that has really settled in quite nicely and seems to be quite cohesive. Um, and as you mentioned, Brandon Sheriff, uh, right guard, is, is kind of the the anchor of the offensive line now that um, Trent Williams is no longer there. Um, and Morgan Moses at right tackle is, is a solid, steady piece. Um, Chase Rudier at center has really stepped up this year. He, he's always been a solid player, but um, never uh, an outstanding one. And he's still not an outstanding player, but he's been pretty good this year um, at mm-hmm. center. Um, and they signed Wes Schweitzer um, at, uh, to play left guard. And he initially was beaten out by um, someone they drafted last year, Wes Martin, but um, Martin struggled early in the year and um, he had a particularly bad game against Aaron Donald. I mean, everyone does, but he uh, he very much struggled in that game. And, and since then they've um, shuffled things around and, and Schweitzer has uh, come on nicely. And that interior three has really given them some stability inside and they've been very good at passing off stunts. And in the run game, they've got a lot of movement whenever they've run zone scheme. Um, so th- those three have really given them something to build towards and then at left tackle as you mentioned Cornelius Lucas is um is playing solid enough football at left tackle is is not fantastic um he wasn't the starter going into the year they they signed him in free agency to kind of become a, a backup swing tackle um and they had um Garon Christian playing starting at left tackle and in my mind that was a bad idea but he he started to develop a little bit but then he got hurt and Lucas had to take over. But um, Lucas has been okay. Um, and, I mean, the best thing I can say about him is that he hasn't been disastrous and, like, he's not no- been noticeably bad. Um, right. the, the only time he's really had a particularly bad play was um, at the end of the game last week when um, he had one bad play on the um, – second down which resulted in a sack on Haskins and then on third down Morgan Moses had a bad play and that resulted in a sack and that set them up for fourth and long which they couldn't convert and lost the game so um, until that moment he'd been playing relatively well for um, a, a guy that's meant to be a backup swing tackle being forced to start at left tackle. Yeah, sure. I mean, that that's certainly what you want from a swing tackle is not to get noticed too much. You don't have to end up being like a you know a Trent Williams type where you're pancaking guys or just stilling yeah. them um so yeah as long as he's doing that then I I think he's acceptable and um I, I mean some some bright news for Washington potentially it looks like uh, Brian Burns um is a doubt for this Saturday or excuse me Sunday last week they had a Saturday game um so he he might not play and he's certainly there um the the one guy on uh, Carolina's defense who could wreak havoc on the edge and really force uh, Lucas to use his footwork to you know, cover ground, and and I think that if he if he's not playing, then it's going to um, force Carolina to you know come be creative. Whether they're blitzes, which they've um, showed a few times, especially against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, or um, using some stunts and some other disguises to really affect 
the pocket. I, I think it, it depends who the quarterback is. And, and for a quarterback like Haskins, it might be a little tougher uh, because, you know, he might, he's probably not as experienced on diagnosing um, where blitzes could be coming from. Uh, but I think if Alex Smith plays and, uh, I mean, he's very experienced, especially in this league. In Carolina, a lot of their blitzes right now, they're, they're not really too complex like a Mike Zimmer or, or a Brian Flores or Belichick in type defense. It's, sure. um, it, it's pretty straightforward. I just think they don't have, really have the talent uh, on defense yet to be you know, assigning these type of complex things to them. So yeah. it, it's going to be interesting, that side of the ball. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. It will be interesting to see because um... – teams have taken one of two approaches with, with Haskins and that's been to either throw lots of blitzes at him. The, the Ravens had good success doing that earlier in the year. Um, and sometimes he, Haskins isn't afraid to spot a blitz and change protection like a lot of young quarterbacks are. But the issue is that he quite often is wrong with um, what he does. And, and, and um, the, the Ravens got him to, um, slide the line to the left when they actually brought the pressure off the right and they got a free rusher off the right and, and Haskins isn't mobile enough to avoid that a free rusher off the, off the, um, off the edge. So um, that's something that I, I would think the Panthers would probably try to do. Um, last week, the Seahawks flipped between um, trying to over uh, overload one side with a blitz or dropping into uh, heavy coverage with just three man rushes. So um the the three man rushes didn't work too well. Um but the um the lots of blitzing seems to have an effect on Haskins. So I'd imagine if the Panthers are a team that like to blitz at the moment, um Haskins would be a prime target to do that too. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you brought up the three man rush thing because that that was um certainly something Caroline did earlier in the season. A lot of fans were um annoyed with it, but um, again, the the Panthers, they just don't have the talent in – well, I would say they have a decent amount of talent on, with their front four, but I think in the back end, it's not like Seattle. You're not going to have a Jamal Adams or Quandry Diggs um, you know, on the back end protecting uh, sure. that part of the field. So it, it's it's going to be um, you know a fascinating chess match because I, I think Scott Turner, he, he knows – you know, quite a few of these players pretty well, like Shaq Thompson and Trey Boston, especially in Boston. Uh, yeah, he, he can run into some issues, especially as a last line of defender. He gets a little reckless at times, whether it's coming downhill, stop the runner. Um, he gets his eyes caught in the wrong place, but um, he, he's pretty reliable deep. So I figured um, the game plan might be a little similar uh, that what they did last week against Seattle. Um, but I want to transition out to, the defense, which has uh, turned out to be one of the best in the NFL. And to me, I don't think that this defense is a finished product. And, that, and that's, I think, a very encouraging thing for Washington fans. It's You have a very, you know, talented front four. Uh, yeah. But I think at the other parts of the defense, I think there's uh, still room for opportunity and growth, whether it's the young guys developing or whether it's potentially bringing in new players. But um, – the first thing I want to ask you is Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio, he's been a coordinator um, for quite a bit. I mean, he started out and actually Carolina, he was a defensive coordinator back in 2002. But what has he done from a schematic standpoint that's uh, impressed you? And where do you think that this defense can grow just from what Del Rio was doing? Because last week, 
I don't know. It seemed like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It seemed like their intention was to um, prevent Russell Wilson and that passing offense from beating them in the air, um, which essentially allowed Seattle's running backs to take advantage of it. And they had a pretty big game. What did you see last week? And can you speak to some of the schematic tendencies that Del Rio's brought in? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I I think um, last week in particular, they they you're right in that they were determined not to get beaten deep, um, and they they quite often did some things to try to bracket Metcalf running deep, and um, and they often had a safety sort of slicing anything Tyler Locker was doing from the slot, and then they they were doing their best to take away those two. Um, and forcing Wilson to beat them elsewhere or, um, you know, have to scramble. Um, so, um, and, and that's very much what they've been about defensively. It's been, the coverage has been to prevent deep stuff and, and allow that pass rush that they've got up front to really try to wreak havoc. Um, and, it's worked a lot, especially recently. Um, they, they, they've they played probably more zone than man coverage. Um, they, they've been based in probably cover three a little bit more, but they've played more quarters than I expected. Um, and I, I think there was a stat a few weeks back that they've played something like 30% cover three and 20% quarters. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure if that's exactly right, but it's somewhere around that, that kind of mark. Um, so they're playing plenty of zone um, and they, they like their, their guys to play off and with vision. Um, and, and sometimes that results in giving up short stuff underneath and, and, you know, that they can be corners playing 10 yards off when it's third and three and they give up the easy first down line, quick hitch outside or something like that. But um, in general, they've been, pretty good um, defensively at, at preventing big plays, especially down this last stretch where they've been winning um, and, and allowing that front four to get home. Um, uh, some, some stuff that Del Rio has done, um, he, he's been pretty good at disguising when he's been in, in zone coverages and when he's been in man coverages. Um, he, he's often shown man coverage by having a defender go in motion or follow a, a player in motion. Um, and then bailed out into zone coverage after that. Um, and, you know, that gives the quarterback a, a false man identification and then that make, might make him go to the wrong side in a, um, in a coverage read situation. But um, another thing he's been doing has been a lot of sim pressures where um, they, they will only end up rushing uh, four or potentially five, but they will rush them from different spots and, and have – Someone like a Chase Young has has dropped out into coverage a, a fair few times because of the extra attention he's received. So um, a lot of teams have been putting a, a tight end on on Chase Young to help whatever tackle he's up against or have the running back chip or whatever. Um, some have done both. Um, and so with that much attention sliding to Chase Young, that often offers opportunities off the other side. So they'll, they'll sometimes drop Chase Young into coverage and, and send a safety or a linebacker off the other side. So, um, yeah, they, they, they've been doing a lot of mostly coverage wise. It's been mostly quarters and, and cover three, um, occasionally with, um, 
some cover one mixed in with a with a rat player in the middle or a hole player in the middle, whatever you want to call it, um, to you know break up crossers. But it's been mostly quarters and, and cover three. I mean this this front four. I feel like they can compensate for weaknesses elsewhere, and by that I mean you know Montez Sweat like using his athleticism to you know jump four or five feet in the air and tip a pass and then a linebacker coming down with it or Chase Young making an unbelievable, you know, play, whether it's at the goal line or coming off the edge. And then uh, Jonathan Allen, I know a lot of you know, smart film people like yourself and others have pointed out that he's been, um, you know, ascending this season and turning into one of the dominant uh, interior defensive linemen in this league. I guess, you know, my question is, does it make it easier for the rest of the defense when, you do have four players um, on that defensive line who kind of um, are just so talented and, you know, that's why, you know, maybe issues elsewhere can be compensated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Um, and, and I think someone like a, a Ronald Darby at corner um, has seen uh, the, has been the benefactor of that. And because the, the style that they like to play um, playing, sort of eight to 10 yards off the line of scrimmage with vision on the quarterback because of that front four getting home very quickly, they'll force throws underneath and that allows the likes of Darby or Kendall Fuller on the other side or Jimmy Moreland in the slot to, to drive on anything underneath because they know the chances are the boys having to come out quick because of that rush up front. Um, so that, that certainly has benefited them out uh, um, the the rest of the defense because I, I think you your assessment was spot on that that defensive front the front four and and really the depth behind it as well um, because you you mentioned Jonathan Allen he's stepped up massively this year um, Jerome Payne's having a decent year yeah uh, Tim Settle behind them um, he's playing well they had oh, Matt okay. Ioannidis yeah they they had um, Matt Ioannidis but he got injured um, they 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 like this um, seventh rounder um, that they drafted this year. Um, oh, I forget his name now, but he, he's uh, Smith Williams, James Smith Williams. He's been playing um, kind of a hybrid, sometimes a defensive end, sometimes three technique. Um, obviously Montez Sweat and Chase Young off the edge are, you mentioned them. They're, those two are playing phenomenally well and they have a lot of room to grow as well. They, they, they aren't always making impact plays as pass rushers off the edge. They're making impact plays just from being smart football players. And and you mentioned Montez Sweat getting up and, and tipping passes for interceptions. Um, he's done that a couple of times this year. Um, he's been smart on any kind of screen he's been alert to. Um, he has the athleticism last week. He, he They would have him drop into coverage a few times to spy on Russell Wilson because he, Montez Sweat is an incredible athlete and he's able to keep up with someone like Russell Wilson. Um, so, and Chase Young has been outstanding against the run. He's drawn, as I mentioned earlier, he's drawn so much extra attention. Offensive lines are sliding his way. They're, they're putting an extra tight end that side to help block him. They're, they're chipping him with running backs. They're, they're doing everything they can to give him attention and that's helped the other guys. Um, so those two are making phenomenal plays they aren't just like they're not just pass rushers they're really good football players and, and that's a really promising foundation for this defense for years to come um 
but they they certainly do help compensate because uh, as you mentioned the the talent behind them isn't necessarily the highest they've had some young guys step up nicely um they they really like what they're getting what they could potentially have from Cole Holcomb at linebacker but he's um in the concussion protocol right now so he might not play this week um but after Cole Holcomb at linebacker it's kind of a a mix and mesh of different guys and and John Bostick's been decent but not fantastic um they they had a rookie Kaliki Hudson playing um last week and, and he he was okay but um he's he's a little bit undersized um he was a um hybrid kind of safety linebacker um i think they called it the viper role at michigan in college um and, and so they're they drafted him in the fifth round and, and he was mainly meant to be a special team player this year and, and because of injuries they've had he's um found his way onto the field the last week um or two but um linebacker is a little bit of a problem position for them um and, and safety they landon collins got injured um he was having he was struggling the the guy they really like is cameron curl he's stepped up fantastically at strong safety um in in collins spot and he was another um seventh rounder that they found and, and he has been frankly fantastic um and he's been an outstanding tackler he's recognized screens he's um identified all sorts of different plays and showing up all over the field making great tackles in space um and, and last week they had him um playing deep over the top of Metcalf and as I say they they were bracketing Metcalf a lot of the time and, and he was the one the safety responsible for the safety part of the bracket so um they're excited about him but opposite him the free safety spot is um, a question mark. They, they they have a young guy that they that has been playing well on Jeremy Reeves, but they started the season with with Troy Apke, and he was almost a a disaster for if we're being honest. Um, and he he struggled so, um, and they they don't really have anyone else behind them. So um, you're you're spot on with what you said. With the the defensive front is really compensating for the the lack of talent elsewhere on the defense, but it, it's not that they don't have some guys, but they definitely can get better. Um, and that is an exciting prospect for a defense that in most statistical categories is uh, one of the top defenses in the league. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Cole Honkham. He's a North Carolina. He went to North Carolina um, coming out and I really liked him as a prospect. He was really athletic um, sideline and sideline range. And, and for him, it was just about picking up the NFL speed and, um, I, I thought he was pretty impressive in that Pittsburgh game. Um, but, you know, as we close out here, you know, it's kind of difficult to get a prediction because of um, the uncertainty at the quarterback position. Uh, I know uh, Ron Rivera and Scott Turner, they had their press conferences, and and it's tough to really know um, what they can say uh, regarding injury, injuries because, um, you know, having uh, watched and followed Ron Rivera press conferences for almost a decade, I can kind of – tell you that he can be um, a little gung-ho about revealing too much information. Um, yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've gathered that this year. He, uh, he yeah. pretty much openly admitted that he doesn't talk to the trainer until after press conferences for that <laughs> specific reason. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think the good news, like, like I said, for Washington is uh, potentially Brian Burns and um, even Chris McCaffrey. I don't expect him to play this week either. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's, you know, for me, it's going to be an interesting yeah, matchup on as far as how Carolina's offense does against this Washington defense. Because I mean, this defense has played 
um, or excuse me, this offense has faced some pretty uh, solid fronts, but nothing like what we're about to see on Sunday. Um, and I think that's going to be the biggest key. I, I think Carolina's defense will um, you know, kind of keep things in check. Uh, they will surrender plenty of yards. Um, they're more of a bend, don't break defense. And um, you saw that in the second half against the Packers. They didn't really let Rodgers and them um, you know, do too much outside of one drive. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be, you know, I think both of these teams, despite their records, are a little similar in some respects. Obviously, I think Washington's defense has the potential to just take the game over. Um, so that's just probably where the game is going to be won or lost. I don't really – if Alex Smith plays, I do think Washington's offense will – um, you know, create you know a, enough plays to where they can win the game. But if it's Dwayne Haskins, then uh, it'll be a similar game to last year. And then, I mean, that, that came down yeah. to uh, you know the, the last seconds of the game. So for sure, and and that's that's where Washington has been most of this year. Like most of their games have been very close. They they managed to blow out the Cowboys um, a couple times, but um, outside of that, most of their games have been very close, um, one way or the other. So. They, they they don't really run away with games because their offense isn't typically good enough to do that. Um, and so it's usually the defense keeping them in games. And, and if the offense, uh, as you say, I, I, I'm kind of with you. If, if Alex Smith plays, I think that offensively they, they have enough to um, keep the defense fresh and, um, <laughs> and let the defense kind of really dominate the game. Um, and with Alex Smith playing safe and sound and, and Tressway at their punter, you know, keeping them in the best field position and the defense keeping fresh, then I, I think Washington will have their kind of um, their typical kind of performance and their, their way of winning their method of winning, um, which is primarily defense and playing field position on offense. Um, but if Alex Smith can't go, they um it will be interesting i i think the panthers have a significantly better chance about smith can't go i i am one that i like the talent that dwayne haskins has and i think there is something there but the immaturity that he doesn't seem to be able to get over right now and and there's been lots of headlines in the last few days um about things and and it seems like that th- there was a chance he could have been suspended for this game but he's um he's escaped for that because i guess because washington needs him um so there's a i i feel like it's probably going to be more likely that haskins plays um and i think it's going to be probably quite close um and it will depend on whether haskins can avoid turnovers um and and start how he finished the um the last game or, or whether he continues how he started the last game and at which point I, I think the Panthers have a pretty good chance yeah I mean Carolina's outside of getting blown out twice by Tampa uh they've kept pretty much every other game close um so so they've been competitive even against really good teams like the Chiefs and the Saints uh Tampa like I said has been the only team to really uh lay a pretty big um a blowout on them so Sure. Mark, uh, before you do depart, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, just, uh, I guess uh, you could follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's at Mark Bullock NFL. 
Um, but other than that, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, you can also follow his work at The Athletic DC. There's a lot of really um, fantastic film breakdowns of the Washington football team. Some stuff from the Ravens, too, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, so he been doing that this season. Of, yeah, he puts out a ton of wonderful content and um, highly recommend anyone um, that's interested in that to um, follow and read his stuff. Mark, thank you again for joining. Of course, thank you. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com